Welcome to the Tell Your Story podcast. Your story has the power to bring healing, inspiration, and joy. So what are you waiting for? Tell your story. Welcome back, Tellers. I am sitting here with Kelsey. Kelsey, say your last name for me. It's Berg, like the lettuce iceberg. See, I totally was going to say Borg. Everybody (laughs) does. Everybody does. That's okay. Well, Kelsey has a cool story of transformation. I was calling it kind of like a new way of surrendering. What would you call it? I would call it the journey to here. Um, I think that... When you are young and you're at camp and they call for, if you want to live in ministry and you're like, yes, you know, you have this idea, maybe you're going to be a missionary overseas or you're going to be in charge of these grandiose things. But that call to ministry over where a young you thinks that you're going Mm -hmm. (laughs) and life gets in the way. And so it is a transformation because it's like every couple of years that I did shifts Mm. completely of where you think you're going to end up versus where you started. Right. So tell us about yourself first before we Um, I am 33, maybe. Yes, I'm 33. (laughs) Um, I am married to a chef. I have a son that will be nine on Friday. Wow. And I've been very blessed. I've been in church my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised by a mama that made sure that that happened. Yes. I, you know, she went through a divorce, but in the midst of that, she married my dad, who not only then were we going to church, he was leading my worship. Mm-hmm. And the way that together they have done ministry and done church and reached out to other people Mm -hmm. just completely changed the trajectory I think of where my life would have been Mm -hmm. without that I work at Volunteers of America I get to just help people love on people Mm -hmm. all day long so apparently I enjoy that because (laughs) those are the kind of jobs I keep going back to (laughs) so what was your life like serving and church and ministry stuff before you feel like you found more of a sense of purpose? Well, I can remember even being fourth, fifth grade, and I've moved out of children's church um, at a very small church, but going and sitting with the older ladies doing the Mm -hmm. nursery and going and sitting at the feet of Miss Vivian, she did children's church. And I just love listening and watching how she did things Um, then when I got into high school through the church that I was going through with my biological father, I did leadership conventions. Mm. I did mission trips and all those kind of things. And mission trips were like, I remember my first major mission trip. We went to new Orleans. We were in the lower ninth ward Mm. and we did um, a backyard Bible club. And those little girls just sitting there braiding my hair and telling me how pretty my hair was and just Mm -hmm. bawling and us just sitting there and just loving each other. I remember thinking like, this is it. Like this is it. I've never had a harder time leaving something. I cried like I don't know what when we, (laughs) when we pulled out, but that changed my whole idea of what ministry was. 
and it became about serving yeah it became about meeting needs and then the other things come secondary yeah and so when i was in college i moved you know i've been a member of barksdale baptist church since third grade fourth grade a very very long time but in college um i changed churches to to natchitoches Uh and I would spend my summers helping other churches lead middle school girls at camps and at mission trips. And so for a while, I just really bounced around, Mm -hmm. go into a bunch of different places. And I just fell in love with going to help wherever I could. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've made so many friends of like, I probably would never recognize them now if I came across (laughs) them, but it was so much fun. I really enjoyed that time in my life. And we moved back. Um, I moved back up here, went to a couple of different churches, but I just, I just had to be where my dad was leading worship. Like mm-hmm. I just, it, I just had to be back home, you know? Yeah. And when I rejoined Barksdale, that's, that's what it was. It was, it was homecoming. Like mm-hmm. I, I was home, I was settled and it was just such a peaceful feeling. And so from there, just wherever there was a hole, like wherever I could step in to fill, I wanted to. I knew that the Lord had more for me. I knew that I was not a sit on the front pew and worship every Sunday morning yeah. and that be it. Like I knew that there was so much more that was out there. Had no idea how to get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I just, I didn't. And so I found myself filling in a lot. Yeah. You know, if the Sunday school teacher is missing, then I would jump in last minute and fill their class. If this Bible study group needed a leader, hey, here I was. If if it was children's church and I could find myself teaching three weeks in a row because I just filled in wherever things were missing. And that kind of really started after I had Colton. Mm -hmm. Once I had Colton, I had to step back. I had to be that young mom. I had to relearn who I was. And in the midst of that, I felt like I had lost my purpose outside of just knowing that there was more. Because you weren't serving. I was serving very minimally. And I felt like nothing was mine. Mm. I wasn't teaching a class. I wasn't in charge of something. I wasn't going out and like this being my baby that you've cultivated and watched grow. I was just jumping into other people's shoes to fill in where there was a hole missing. Mm -hmm. Did you feel at that time that you knew what you were called to do or it was just a searching for something bigger than I. Okay. So (laughs) I was bullied very bad in middle school. Very, very, very bad. And we had a rule that when I got in the car, I could not complain until I had said three good things that happened that day. So we rode in silence. It was, it was, it was very bad. And I think nowadays there is still bullying, but everybody's a lot more open to you just being your own kind of weird. Mm -hmm. That was not the case when I was growing up. I was not everybody's cup of tea. I was really nobody's cup of tea. Um, And so even in college, when I was helping with middle school girls, it's just like my heart 
bled for them. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that feeling. I know, I know how it feels to think you don't belong, that you don't have friends. And I would just tell them over and over again, like, this is not the best years of your life. (laughs) Like it gets better. I promise. Like, this is not, this is not what your life is going to be like Mm -hmm. all the time. But we had, um, at Barksdale, we had a couple of different youth ministers. We had a small group. We maybe didn't have a lot of middle school. So even though if you were to ask me where my heart was and Mm -hmm. my heart would be there, um, I didn't necessarily feel like it was a purpose. Um, it was something that I enjoyed every time I did it. And if an opportunity arose to be with that age group, I jumped. Mm -hmm. But if I were to tell you that 10 years ago when I was experiencing all of that, that I thought that God would now have me in charge of a youth group that's (laughs) almost exclusively middle school. Mm -hmm. That's not what I would have thought. You know, I wanted to be Priscilla Schreier. I wanted to tell you how much I love Jesus, how much he loves you. And you need to love him too. Like (laughs) I just, that woman speaks and God comes pouring out. Like that's what I wanted. (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted to be the person that encouraged everyone around her to love Jesus as Mm. much as, you know, the, you know, those people. And so that's, that's where I thought God was taking me in things. But that middle school, it, it's so critical, though, because so that's cool. when you're not a kid anymore and you're starting to like feel weird and you're trying to figure out life. It's like, yes. right, that in between is really hard. And you're, you're so awkward. Yeah. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you like, but you know what you don't like. Mm-hmm. But nothing about life as a middle schooler even comes close to what real life is. Yeah. But you're so consumed with this idea of what life is that you think that life's going to be so disappointing Mm. because this awkward phase is all that you can see. Yeah. (laughs) So what caused the shift for you to kind of figure it out and feel like you belong to something? I, for years, I called myself the pitch hitter. Okay. Mm. If there is a, I I was in the ministry of filling in holes. Mm -hmm. And I think that places need that. Like you need somebody that yeah. can step in and keep the nursery. faithful people. Yeah, <laughs> keep nursery this day, help with the kitchen on that mm-hmm. day, you know, run sound if, you know, just kind mm-hmm. of step into all of these weird holes that are left. Um, but I did go through a very, um, I'd say about four years ago, five years ago of a almost, um, personal crisis like this can't be what it is and I, I mean I would cry on the phone to my mom and my dad going I know that God ha- he like he's he's made me for something mm-hmm. and because I don't have something that's mine I'm feeling unfulfilled mm-hmm. I'm feeling like I'm not reaching my potential that I'm not doing what he's called me to do so am I am I sinning by not looking for a different church, maybe a bigger church, maybe more opportunities to be in charge of something. Um, or am I sending by wanting something more? <laughs> maybe I should learn to be grateful for what I'm doing right now. Right. And um, I think that what just wound up happening was I was asked to teach first and second grade. 
and having that classroom consistently and watching these kids. And I just kind of started to release my hold on what I thought God needed me to do. I stopped praying and telling him what I wanted and instead learned to find joy in what I was doing. And my second year of teaching that vacation Bible school, I got to counsel multiple kids that came to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. The beautiful part was I had taught those kids over the years mm-hmm. because I was the pitch hitter. Right. I was their four-year-old preschool teacher. And then I was their VBS teacher when they were in first grade. And then I counseled them when they were in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And I got to be a part of this beautiful journey from beginning to end and watch how God took every seed Mm-hmm. that was planted at different parts of their life. So I got the big picture. Yeah. I was no yeah. longer obsessed with what age group I was in or what was mine or what I, 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 mm-hmm. I could do. And when I stepped back and um, one of the little boys, I remember counseling him and I said, so what do you want to do? He goes, Oh, Miss Kelsey, I didn't need you to counsel me. I was, I raised my hand because I was going to tell you I'm fixing to pray for Jesus to come into my life and change me. And I just wanted you to be the one that sat beside me. Oh. And I, <laughs> like there was just so much joy and emotion in that moment. Yeah. But it was so cool because I had taught him since he was three Mm. at at different times in his life and different aspects, you know, sometimes in children's church, sometimes in Sunday school, Mm. sometimes at vacation Bible school. But it created such a unique relationship with him that I got to be on that journey in a way that a lot of people can't. Mm -hmm. And I learned in that moment that what I was doing was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Not everybody gets to be with kids through so many different Mm -hmm. milestones in their lives. And when I started to find the joy in it, I stopped looking for something that was mine. Mm. And that's when the youth group fell into my lap. Wow. I didn't have to do anything for it. It came to me. Yeah. And when it did, it was like God said, okay, here. Now you can take everything that you've learned for these years of pulling from different age groups and different mentors, being in different areas, you know, learning how to tell basic Bible stories and Mm -hmm. learning how to teach a women's Bible study and combine that into something that's really going to make a difference. And I don't think that that would have happened if I didn't have those years Mm -hmm. of being the pitch hitter. I would have missed out on all of that training. Yeah. So how important do you think that was for your heart and your mindset to be in the right place to do what you're doing now? I will say that the Lord had to teach me those things. Yeah. He had to make me shift my focus from me to him. He had to get me in the point where I was comfortable teaching on a very basic level or a very advanced level. Mm-hmm. And he had to teach me the joy in the journey because one of my very first large events we had a lock-in and at this point we had two kids that came all the time Mm -hmm. and they brought friends oh wow and we had 16 and of those 16 four of them had been in church before wow (laughs) and um 
a lot of them we've retained. They start coming on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. But as far as being saved, knowing who Jesus is, we're starting from scratch. Yeah. And we're starting from scratch at eighth graders. And that for the night after that lock-in, I came home and I just sat in the tub because I'm old and my legs were hurting after being <laughs> awake for so long. But I just sobbed. My mm-hmm. heart was broken that kids could be that old and have never even heard. They asked me, um, oh, why do we bow our heads before we eat? Mm. The idea of even blessing food was crazy. Yeah. I heard multiple times, I cannot believe I'm in a church and actually having fun. This is this is crazy. Yeah. Or I'm an atheist, but I thought that I'd come and just hang out with my friends. And this turned out to be a little bit cooler than what I thought it would be. But I heard that for 12 straight hours, just over and over and over again. And I think that if I hadn't learned to have a tough skin, (laughs) if I hadn't learned to roll with the punches, if I hadn't learned to just like jump in with both feet and ask Mm. questions later, like what I had been doing for 10 years, I think that that would have broke me. Mm. Because when you're planning a church event, you don't really expect to have 80% that have those mindsets. That is, it's very overwhelming. Yeah. If you don't love challenges. <laughs> and that, I mean, gosh, that's so good because we can get set in our way so much in church. If you're the yes. leader of something and this is your thing, this is your seat. Yeah. This is, you know. And this is what I do when I come on yes. the days that my stuff is going on and I'm in charge of this. And, you know, and so it can get very stuffy. Yeah. If you don't kind of step outside of your comfort zone and try mm-hmm. something different. The comfort thing. That's yes. what it is. Yeah. And I'm I'm not saying that like changing who you're teaching to every week is for everyone. Like (laughs) I know that that's not necessarily um, a plus for most people, but I will say the lessons when you just, it's like having a year of yes, like Mm. Lord, wherever they ask me to step in, I'm going to help. And you can find yourself in some crazy situations, but pulling and learning and adapting in a way that you maybe didn't think possible happens when you do that. Have you encountered with these young people already kind of feeling like they want to know what they're called to do? They want to have a sense of purpose. Are you able to help them navigate through that? Yes. So um, when we went to YEC, the week of Thanksgiving, we had two of them um, ask Jesus into their hearts. And um, one came into that lock-in in May as an atheist. Wow. And um, between camp and VBS and mm. multiple, of it, I would tell her all the time, I'm like, Jesus is talking to you, baby. Mm. Jesus is talking to you. I mean, I could pull up now the group chats I'm in. They text me like I'm one of them. Yeah. I am a part of... I get to be a part of their crazy, weird middle school girl lives and I'm here for it. Yes. I love it. Um, but because of that relationship, we get to be a part of those things. And I think that because these kids are either so new to even knowing who Jesus is mm-hmm. or so new to um, accepting him as their savior, that the idea of a future calling mm-hmm. isn't there yet because they haven't even answered his call. Right. They haven't answered their current call, but I did get to talk with a girl a couple weeks ago that's in college and she's going to come in and help us with our D now. 
And she told me, she goes, well, Miss Kelsey, thank you for thinking of me. She doesn't go to our church. Thank you for calling. She goes, I just feel like I need to serve somewhere and I don't know where. I said, baby, well. let me talk to <laughs> you about that. Yeah. And uh, so I got to encourage her mm -hmm. to just keep doing what she's doing. You know, she's bouncing around to a couple of different churches. She's helping out with D-Nows and camps and Sunday night services. And she's like, but I feel like I don't have a home or like mm -hmm. my own thing. I said, I've been there. Yeah. Soak it up. Learn everything you can. Yeah. Like love, love and find the joy in what you're doing because those things will help you later on in life. I right. promise. And it sounds like what it, what it is that you found, it's like, it's not about this thing. No. That you're, it's about the people, yes. the souls, the hearts, the you know, hearts. of these people. It's not about, I got to get to this task, no. this big, important task, but it's really about. I, I, I thought that at one point, you know, with youth group, you know, can we, can we measure success on how many come on Wednesday nights? Mm. Can we measure even a bigger success if those come on Sunday mornings? Mm. What percentage are coming back every week? Have we had anybody decide that they love Jesus and ask him into like that? You could put these numbers on it. Right. But you can't. <laughs> the growth is in the fact that we love them, that they trust us, yeah. that not only do they want to come back, but they want to invite their friends mm -hmm. and that maybe they don't quite understand this Jesus thing yet, <laughs> but they text and ask questions. They're open to whenever we discuss about it. And never once have they cut me off mm. or stopped listening. And I think that if we're going to measure success that way, we can measure the success and the fact that they're listening. Yeah. They're and taking steps. They're taking and, and for it. each person that looks yes. different. But it's so beautiful. It, it's so beautiful. And I tell them, like, you think that y'all are sly. You can't hide anything. I'm like, <laughs> I'm up here talking to you. And I can see on your face. When Jesus is talking to you, mm. like I can see it. I can see your demeanor change. Yeah. I can see your brain working and you can sit here and think that like, <laughs> it's not for you, but he's getting to you. Yeah. I love that. What did you do in those low moments, you know, to trust God through the, uh, the times that. Oh, call my mom and dad and cry. Mm. Oh. I know she would get, I'm sure she was tired. <laughs> Let me tell her, but mama, I don't have yeah. a purpose. Um, <laughs> but, but I really think that the neat thing about it is if you look at it, you know, the disciples weren't called until they were older and, you know, Noah didn't get the call to build the ark. Yeah. You know, Abraham was how old before he was even told that he was going to be a father, you right. know, that that journey looks different for everyone. Um, mm -hmm. And a really, you know, a really good example is, you know, um, Samuel answering God and saying, I'm here as a child. Yeah. I'm here. God, what do you want? But really then we have lost years. Yeah. We don't read anything about him until he's much older and he's anointing the future kings. Mm. We, in the midst of that, he had to have served God and yeah. very faithfully to be called to do the things that he did, that it's okay to have lost years. Mm. But in those lost years, because you may see it as a loss against your ministry or a loss against what your plans are, mm. but God works so faithfully yeah. in those lost years to set you up where exactly where you need to be. Yeah. And 
even at the times where it was really bad, I could still look back and see where God had brought me from. Mm -hmm. And I could see how my, my mind shifted from, okay, I'm going to be a missionary overseas Mm -hmm. to maybe I'm just going to love the people here where I'm at. And when I worked at the nursing home, that was my ministry for a while. You know, I got, got to walk through the doors and make sure every single day that they knew they were loved and Jesus still loved them. They were not Mm -hmm. forgotten and, you know, cradle to grave baby and all steps along the way. And when you finally surrender that idea Mm -hmm. of what you think it should be and you can actually revel in what it is, Mm -hmm. it helps you through the lowest points because you've already seen so much growth Mm -hmm. and so much preparation. Yeah. Some things are seasonal. Like, do you now look forward to change? Are you just constantly flexible? (laughs) I am the least rigid person that you will ever meet. Um, (laughs) I like to think that I'm very structured. I'm not. (laughs) Um, It's it's one of those, um, like, my most toxic trait is thinking that I'm organized. (laughs) Um, So... I think that for me, change of any kind is great because I'm, you know, go along with it. But right now, the kind of change that I'm looking for is that maybe we grow and we get to have middle school and high school ministries Mm -hmm. or we change up and we add new routines to what we're doing or a different approach. I would love to stay with this age group that I'm with now. Mm -hmm. I would love to walk with these girls and these guys as they kind of navigate those very important parts and get to just sit back and watch the miracles unfold. (laughs) Yeah. If God has other plans for me, I'm along for the ride. I'm never going to be like, "Mm, no, that's what I wanted to do. God. So I'm going back. Uh, (laughs) But I would love if the plan was to stay in this area for, for a while, this would be very um, feed my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So what is the craziest part about youth ministry? Learning how to text like a middle school girl. (laughs) Do you have to use all the emojis and all the... We don't use emojis anymore. Oh, oh. We don't use capitalization. We don't (laughs) use periods. And... um, So emojis are out is what you're saying. That's emojis that make... yesterday. Wait, wait, wait. Emojis that make sense are out. Oh. Now, if you just wanted to throw a random chair... In a text message apparently that's a really cool thing <laughs> um i was at camp and um I, they have pins from each year and i got some of the older pins and the guy was like oh so you like these vintage ones i was like no bro like i was at those camps as a youth oh uh, yeah i wanted the ones from the years that i was there and he goes that is the greatest flex i've seen all camp long and i I was like, y'all, that's a good thing, right? And they're like, no, 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 that's great. (laughs) Yes, nailing it. Uh, But I get so many text messages that just say, Miss Kelsey, no question mark, Mm. no punctuation. And so I just respond, yes, dear. And then they lead into whatever. Uh, But it's such a, there's so many things, but just that whole communication style yeah is so different and in the the group chat where i keep up with church stuff with them if i respond with like what they assume 
they think is a really good meme or joke, they will tell me, good job, Miss Kelsey. <laughs> so I know sure. that I'm um, on the right path. Uh, but my phone goes off all the time, mm -hmm. random different times. Uh, but I think back to that quote about raising kids, you know, if you don't listen to the big, to the little stuff now, they won't tell you the big stuff oh, yeah. later because it was always the big stuff to them. Mm -hmm. And that relationship to me is all about just presenting that I'm here. Yeah. I don't care if it's four o'clock in the morning and you need somebody to come pick you up from a place you should have never been, mm. but they can know that I'm here because I was there when they were in seventh grade and they wanted to tell me yeah. about a funny hairstyle they wore that day. Like that, I think that having that transparency mm. is the challenge because there's going to come a time where they need a lot more from right. that relationship than what we're doing right now. So it's important to, to be that but that being said um i don't know how to handle when they bring me things like a k-cup and tell me it's the new class pet <laughs> what yes what these girls in this youtube they're like those those magpies those birds that steal stuff yeah that's shiny and like create a little menagerie I, they bring me the weirdest stuff and they're like i saw this and thought of you i'm like thank, well, thank you so you just have these random collections of things mine the youth room has so many random things yeah. around it because that's they just bring it and they're like i thought of you i'm like thank you now do they give you style tips and say hey you can't part your hair on the side no. and all of this okay no. good okay no. but they will let me know when i'm crushing it Oh, good. Okay, good. So they will tell so me. So they're when, respectful. They let me know when I look fire. I'm like, thank <laughs> you. And that that would worry about the the um, the words like uh, bussing or something. Like what things are in to say? <laughs> well, I will tell you, it has leaked over into my normal life more than I thought because a couple of nights ago, my husband looked at me. He goes, "Do not tell me I'm sus. We're not having that discussion." <laughs> I said, my bad, my bad. Like I, did, I forgot what I was doing. Uh, but, but I will say this, there is no confidence quite like mm. thinking you look okay, but walking into a room of 10 eighth grade girls that tell you you're killing it. And yeah. you're like, I'm now untouchable. Yeah. Nobody can say Nobody <laughs> can drop me down a peg because they all just said that's that huge. That's done. Huge. Yes. Cause they're so self-aware and aware and, of everything and they say just what they think I was say there's no filter yeah there's no filter it's yeah. just if they think it they say it and that's it <laughs> that's so awesome uh thank you so much for this kelsey it's so good uh i love that you're doing this that that for that age group is so critical my kids are kind of around that age you know yes. the preteen I just had one of yours in bbs yes uh -huh. so it, it's it's critical and trust and building their confidence empowering them is so important right now yes and i think that all of us as an adult if you were raised in church you can think back to being in youth group and maybe mm -hmm. it was a sunday school teacher maybe it was a host home for one of your trips maybe it was somebody that just came and brought food on wednesday nights but there's going to be somebody that you related to yeah that even as an adult you still think back to mm -hmm. so fondly and I just want to be that for somebody. Yeah. The way yeah. that I think about the ones that changed my life, mm -hmm. I want somebody to think of me in those same ways. Yeah. 
Well, my last question that I ask everyone this season, and you can come at this from whatever angle you okay. choose, um, is love worth it and why or why not? Oh, yes, love is worth it, <laughs> but love is hard. Mm-hmm. Love is hard, but it is it is so worth it. And um, the idea of love as an action mm-hmm. is very draining to love those around you the way that Jesus loves us. But the benefits and the um, encouragement and the connections made make it 100% worth it. Mm. When loving some of these kids is very hard, not because they're bad kids, but because we're so different. We're so different. But at YC, one of the ones that walked down, when she turned around and looked at me with tears in her eyes and she said, Miss Kelsey, that was the story you've been telling us for the past six months and I knew that Jesus was talking to me when the preacher started it I thought that's it all of the sleepless nights all of the anxiety all of the work it's Mm -hmm. worth it for that one smile when she turned around Mm -hmm. and she knew that he was talking to her yeah oh that's good thank you so much for loving on the babies i'm sure the parents appreciate you too (laughs) uh that's we hadn't talked about that it's like what do you get to have a relationship with the parents of these kids that you're well one of my babies her mama is one of my best friends okay um i actually have quite a few that are raised by grandparents oh okay and so that's been very interesting i have one grandma she brings me a gift every time we have something overnight. So mm. she brought me a candle when we were done with camp Aww. and she brought me some cookies. Yeah. <laughs> me like, I'm like, I love it. But uh, there's actually, I would love to get some of these families through the doors mm-hmm. into the doors of our church. I know that if we could just get them there, that they would really enjoy it. But we do have a large percentage, especially Wednesday night that come without families. Yeah. And, um, hitch ride with friends or parents drop them off and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff i text all of them i know them by face they do bring them we get to visit yeah. but i would love 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 if we could just get them through that those doors mm-hmm. you know we have a young adult sunday school class that have some pretty good teachers if i do say so <laughs> myself it's my parents <laughs> um but and we've got nursery for the younger ones we've got a good yeah. children's program so it's like if we could just if we could just get them there yeah uh but that i th- i just i feel like that precipice i know that's coming right mm-hmm. I, I i feel like some of these kids have been so consistent and enjoy it so much and I talk to the moms mm-hmm. and they're so encouraging. They love what we're doing. I just know that one of these times that we invite them, they're going to step through the door. And if they do, mm-hmm. we've got them. Yeah, there's no way that those parents don't see the change happening in their kids. So The amount of thank yous and sweet notes that I get means mm-hmm. that they know that this is good for their kids. Mm-hmm. It's just getting them to make it a priority for them as well. Right, right. Yeah. Well... This has been really good. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, Hopefully you, if you have a young person, if you have a middle schooler, get them involved. Church is like 
I know we're we're kind of going away from that and doing everything online, but it's so important to gather and to connect with other human beings. We need that. <laughs> that fellowship. Yes, yes. So definitely look, reach out, look out for some some places that you can go to get your kids involved and get you involved. It's so necessary. Thank you, Kelsey, for this again. Until next time, tellers. Bye. Bye.